It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. It's Lakers Talk with Alan Sliwa. Lakers Talk is on the air. On 710 ESPN. People want to make a case, well, the Lakers are too old. They went out and signed all those players. Russell Westbrook's not old. Russell Westbrook's going to be 33 years old in November. Anthony Davis, 28 years old in the prime of his career. From the home of the 17-time world champion Lakers at LA Live. So with all that being said, I think too much is being made about the Lakers' age. I think the foundation of your team is not too old, and you have three superstars that will lead each Each and and every every night. Lakers talk, Lakers talk is, is on. on. Here's Alan Sliwa. All right, Funches, uh, you know, we took uh, took the week off last week. I, week. Were, yeah, you were calling me out a little bit. You were saying, uh, you know, I'm, I kind of mailed it in. I think that's what you said a couple weeks ago. I, I, yeah, well, I mean, you were mailing it in because you're looking forward to your vacation. I mean, that's what most of us do when we're looking forward to our vacation, right? Well, uh, listen, I'm back. I want to tell you, you know how some people go on vacation, they say, I'm back, I'm refreshed, I'm ready to go. You sound refreshed, man. You sound well, more upbeat. Uh, then I'm lying because <laughs> I'm more tired today than I was before my vacation. I took the longest flight you can possibly take. I don't even want to go through I did this on the Travis and yeah, Steve I, show I, I, this morning. <laughs> I didn't want to go through the details of it, but man, there's something about trying to adjust back. I was a 10-hour difference. I was in Turkey, and I went to Jordan. 10-hour difference, so trying to kind of figure this all out. I can't believe you're up doing a show right now. I think I'd be knocked out because of the jet lag. You know, maybe I am knocked out. Maybe this is pure fumes and uh, and everything else. Pure adrenaline is, right now, huh? It is actually, it's great to, you know, obviously anytime I do Lakers talk, love doing Lakers talk, but uh, what do we got here for our first NBA story? All right, uh, first of all, it looks like Kevin Love does not want a buyout from Cleveland. According to his agent, Jeff Schwartz, he told ESPN there's been no talks with Cleveland on a buyout, nor is there any interest from Kevin in doing a buyout. So I ask you, Sliwa, why doesn't yeah. he want a buyout? Okay, I think I have a reason for this, okay? Believe it or not, I think I can see where Kevin Love is coming from. Um, The dude signed a four-year, I want to say $120 million contract. That was two years ago. So he's got two two years left on his contract, $31 million and $29 million. 31 this upcoming season, 29 the following season. And this is all guaranteed money. There's no player option. There's no team option. So why I think Kevin Love does not want to buy out, it's as simple as this. He's 33 years old, I want to say. I think he thinks and his agent thinks that this upcoming trade deadline, he can get traded, that he can still earn all the money uh, that he's owed on his contract and, oh, by the way, find a way to play on some type of a contender. Maybe it's a big contender. Maybe it's not. Maybe it's these less-tier teams that think we're a Kevin Love away from competing uh, with the upper echelon teams of the Eastern Conference or the Western Conference. So to answer your question... Why do I think he's not interested in a buyout? It's a pure financial business reason. He's going to make his money, and he still thinks he probably can end up on a competitive team uh, when the dust settles, and I'm assuming that's the case. Because if not, why the hell are you still in Cleveland 
uh, especially after all those years you played in meaningful competitive games and now you're just playing on a, a team that's irrelevant in the league. Yeah, I don't, I don't know how he can stay in Cleveland. I don't even know how he's going to be able to get time. They just drafted um, Evan Mobley from USC who plays practically the same position. They also have Jared Allen and they just made a big trade. That will be our next story for Lauren Marketing. So I don't know so, how he's going to get time. Let me, let me just set this up for you. Not a bad life Kevin Love is living because not only is he making that money and it's all guaranteed, what you're also telling him is, hey, we probably need less of your service because we're going to let these young players play and uh, we also paid them and there's some financial interest with other guys. So not only are you going to get paid, but we don't need you to do much. Just kind of sit there and hang out. So that's the reason why he's not going to get bought out. Listen, if, if if they could eventually trade for him, and I know you might think, why the hell would somebody trade for Kevin Love and give him $39 million and $29 million so over the next two years? They would do it because it happens in the league. And by the way, if you trade for him and you just have him for the remainder of this season, you could trade him in the offseason, whoever gets him, and it's an expiring contract. So don't be surprised. Trade deadline comes. There's some value to Kevin Love on a team, and he ends up with a squad, and he makes his full money. Yeah, let's just say he gets bought out or trade traded or something. Mm-hmm. I say watch out for these two teams. Um, watch out for Portland because he's from that area, okay. and he's always wanting to go back. And watch out for Brooklyn because... They were like a Kevin Love away from you know really really just dominating the NBA. They don't need. They're good. They're good. <laughs> I, I don't need. It. But you know, listen. It's interesting because I do think there are teams, and I'm not saying Kevin Love is the answer by any means. I'm not saying okay, well, the Golden State Warriors if they grab Kevin Love. No, I'm more fearful of the Warriors to go get somebody else. Yeah, yeah, me too. If if they went out and you know they're able to take all the young assets that they have and take whatever picks, whatever the case is, throwing a guy like Andrew Wiggins. Maybe they go out there and get an all-star caliber player. That's what I'm more concerned about with the Golden State Warriors. But Kevin Love has a fit on a team that makes sense. And I'm sure there's contracts where you get a couple. Lakers just traded for Russell Westbrook. He was owed $44 million. Yeah. Like, this happens in the league. So it's not that's not unheard of for teams to have a couple guys making 12 to $14 million that they could trade for and Kevin I'm, Love. And I'm, I'm sorry, NBA Twitter, Lakers Twitter, but Kevin Love is not coming to L.A. <laughs> I mean, I, after I saw this report, I went to Lakers Twitter, NBA Twitter, and I saw pictures of Kevin Love and Russell Westbrook in, in, at UCLA, you know, has kids and, you know, trying to reunite them coming back to L.A. for the Lakers. But I don't think this is going to happen. According to Twitter, the Lakers have 97 players and they have 31 All-Stars on yeah, the team. Exactly. So let's let's slow down. on. They can those. make two dream teams out of all the people that can. Let's the slow team. down on those cropping images of Kevin Love on the Lakers. All right. We just mentioned Lauren Marketing is, is went to Cleveland. Um in a trade from Chicago. He was a restricted yep. free agent. He just signed a four-year, $67 million contract with the Cavs. That was a th- part of a three-team trade. Larry Nance Jr. goes to Portland from Cleveland. and right. Also, Portland trades Derrick Jones to Chicago to complete the trade. And, you know, Larry Nance Jr. is going to do some damage in Portland. I'll tell you that. Yeah, he's interesting. I, I don't know what to make of... Let's go back to the Cavaliers for a second. Larry Nance Jr. was with the Lakers. You heard his name a lot. Mm-hmm. He was on some great highlights. He gets traded to the Cleveland Cavaliers, and it's as if he's no longer in the league. Yeah, like I, know. That, I think I, anyone I gets traded to Cleveland is no, no longer in the league. I'm serious when I say this. Like, there are certain teams that you want to talk about, they have zero significance in the league. The moment LeBron James left Cleveland and he went to Miami, I forgot about Cleveland. 
And then he went back there, and everybody's watching Cleveland. Right, exactly. And then he leaves again, and nobody's watching Cavs anymore. They're like so, the worst team in the league, yeah. So I don't know what Larry Nance is going to be in Portland because I haven't watched him in a couple years. Well, we know, I, we, we I, I all know about anything. we know about Larry Nance. You know, he doesn't need the ball to be effective. He just can get alley hoops and putbacks and stuff like that. And that's what he's going to get with Damian Lillard and um, CJ McCollum taking all the shots. You're right, he can, but he's not going to be. You know, he's he's not going to be any significant piece. I think he'll have some great highlights. I think he'll become more relevant again. I think he could help the Blazers, but the Blazers need so much more help. Oh, yeah, they definitely need more more help than him, but, uh, you know, he'll help. Yeah, yeah. All right, uh, next story. Uh, NBA players union to help renovate Rutgers Park um, in New York. And I guess the big question out of this, Alan, is that could we see an NBA at Rutgers Park game a la the Field of Dreams game that we saw in MLB? Okay. Let me let me go a little old school on you. Uh, not even really that old school. A couple years ago, probably this was maybe four years ago or so. Do you remember I was doing some Lakers talk shows? We we're doing them on Saturdays. Yeah, it's the Drew League. We're doing them at the Drew League. Yeah. Okay. Why are we doing it? We're doing it because uh, it's such an iconic, iconic league in the world. Let's just stay with the states. One of the most iconic leagues in the uh, in the states. And there's something so raw about watching unbelievable basketball players in a high school gym or, um, you know, that type of environment. And not doing it for money at all, too. Not doing it for money. And, oh, by the way, James Harden might pull up. And, oh, by the way, Russell Westbrook might play. And DeMar DeRozan might play. And, you know, the game has his own team. And we go down the list of what, what makes it so unique. So I say that because I set it up. We don't need to explain to L.A., what that type of basketball is outside of a staple center, outside of these big venues when all the lights are on. This Rucker Park uh, story and this conversation, for those who don't know, so they're going to help renovate the court. Okay, what does that mean? First of all, it means that it's one of the most iconic places in the world of sports, period. And when they did that Field of Dreams game uh, in Iowa, was it Iowa? I think yeah, Iowa, Iowa. Yeah, Iowa. When they did that Field of Dreams game, we know how unbelievably successful it was, even though there was only 8,000 tickets sold. We know how unbelievably success- successful it was with just the look of it. What the, you know, you're trying to like put the piece together. Are we and also really Alan, watching this? And also, Allen was the highest rated uh, regular season MLB game in like years. Okay. So let's put the business to the side, which I know you can't do that in the NBA because everything eventually feeds the business. But let's put that aside. Let's just put the... What would fans watch a game at Rucker Park, who, by the way, you know, this court, when I say it's one of the most iconic places... I mean, we're obviously making an assumption here. Nobody's saying that um, that this is going to happen, but we think, we hope it could lead to this. Setting it up, hope, basically. I think hope is the best is, is a better way to put it. So this is what they're going to be doing. Renovation of the court includes repairing and leveling the pavement, replacement of bleachers, backboards, baskets, and the scoreboard, the addition of team benches and repainting. Um, I think uh, replacement of the bleachers I mentioned. So they're going to be doing all these things. How cool would it be to see an NBA game at Rucker Park? Well, even if it's just keep it New York if you want. make Let the Nets play the Knicks. Okay, you want to change it up even more? Do a Lakers-Knicks game they're at Rucker Park, and then a year later do something at Venice Beach. You give kind of both, a taste of both. Do something along those lines. Bro, when you're talking about something so unique 
and now you could add the business element to it. There's going to be so much interest in a game like that. I hope it happens. I, listen, I, I just look at this. I look at this with Rucker Park. You know, the think of the NBA stars like Kareem, like Will Chamberlain, Julius Irving, Kobe Bryant, Kevin Durant, all have played pickup games there. The list obviously continues to go on. Great story on ESPN.com. Funch, you and I are uh, we're on the front of this. We are just uh, – we're hoping – that because they're doing some renovation there, that it might lead to an NBA regular season game. Let's hope it happens. How cool would that be? Be very cool, man. Just the scenery of just Rutgers Park and NBA and NBA just together. It would be very cool to see. All right, uh, that is our top NBA stories. Funches, uh, appreciate you getting those all lined up for us. Um, this is what we got coming up. So. Good podcast. Um, Richard Jefferson, who also does the podcast, uh, Road Tripping Podcast, Ali Clifton is on there. Um, he had kind of an interesting uh, interesting clip here that I want to play when we come back. He's talking about the toughest team he's ever played against. And, you know, if you, you think of Richard Jefferson, uh, he was in the league for a long time. So he played a, a, an incredible amount of teams. And the team that he thought was the toughest team he's ever played against it will kind of surprise you. I think. Well, I don't know if it will surprise you. Let's just say this. It wasn't the 2007 Kevin Durant, uh, or sorry, 2017 Kevin Durant, Steph Curry, Clay Thompson, and Draymond Green Warriors team. It was my favorite Lakers team of all time. I'll tell you what that was coming up next. Stay right here. Uh, and if I do need to remind you, I'll do it, that you can always call into the show, 877-710-ESPN, or you can hit me up on Twitter, at Alan Sliwa, uh, more Lakers talk coming up next on 710 ESPN. Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. All right, so we are uh, already an hour and 15 minutes in the show. What's going on here? I feel like we just started here, Funches. Uh, if you want to be a part of the show, 877-710-ESPN. I'm going to take a couple calls here in just a second. I want to play this clip from Richard, Richard Jefferson onto the Road Tripping Podcast. I'll do that in a second as well. Um, Trevor Lane of Lakers Nation, uh, my buddy over there. Uh, we'll come on at 8.30, so we'll uh, we'll talk a little Lake show. We'll get into this Rajon Rondo stuff. Looks like he's going to be a Laker. Should the Lakers go after DeAndre Jordan? Who would be a better fit, DeAndre or Marcus? So we've still got a lot to get into. Let me, uh, let, me, let me start off with Joe in the Inland Empire. Joe, first off, let me say I appreciate you hanging on the line as long as you did. Sorry we didn't get a chance to get to you. Uh, what's going on, Joe? It's my pleasure. It's my pleasure. I, I, I'm just happy to get back from vacation, man, like, I was dying without the Lakers talk, man. So I'm just happy you're back. So I don't that's have it. listen, break, Joe. Man. That's it. No more vacations. That's it. They <laughs> already told me that's enough, and so we're we're in for the long grind now. Right. It's time to get to work now. <laughs> but uh, I just want to just say I'm stoked about Rondo. Um, you know, uh, I was one of the only people probably that I know that was uh, happy that we didn't bring back Dudley, and I feel like Rondo. He can fill in that Dudley role, but he can be a playable player, someone that can actually produce on the court and can be a vet on the bench when, uh, you know, someone needs to be talked to or something. But really, I don't think anybody needs to be talked to. This team is just great. 
I just love it. The only thing I don't like is uh, the news that we heard today, DeAndre Jordan. I'm not a big fan of that. Uh, he's pretty washed up. Uh, I would like to see if we had to get rid of Gasol, because I'd rather keep Gasol over going after DJ. But if we get rid of Gasol, I would like to go after Boogie Cousins and actually mm-hmm. give him that honest shot, because he can play the stretch five. He's still a good rebounder. He's not what he was, but he's a former Laker, and he deserves to be on the team too. He has chemistry with AD and uh, AD and, and Rondo. Rondo. Mm-hmm. So I, I just like that. I would like to bring Boogie. So. That's that's all I got. Joe, appreciate it, brother. Thank you for calling in. Um, you know what's funny is I'm getting a lot of people hit me on Twitter. Um, Jimmy uh, says Mark better what's Marcus all basically over uh, uh, DeAndre Jordan. Um, Shine Neziar says no debate, Alan. Marcus is the one. Time to start practice now for the 18th. I got a, a few people, which not to say that it's it's a complete shock. But Marcus Gasol wasn't getting a ton of compliments during the season. It's not like, you know, Laker fans were going out of their way to show love for Marcus Gasol. So maybe it kind of throws me off a little bit that that many that many Laker fans, from the ones that have hit me up on Twitter or even a couple calls that I got in the first hour, that they're like, no, I'd rather have Marcus Gasol than DeAndre Jordan. And by the way, I already made the case that I like the – I like that Marcus Gasol would be – a different element that the Lakers don't have because Dwight's going to be obviously what he is, and um, and DeAndre plays a very similar role to what Dwight's going to do and what JaVale McGee more more better aligned with what JaVale used to do for the Lakers. Now the Lakers won a championship with that mix of center, so we'll see what happens. I had a caller call me in the seven o'clock hour too that talked about how uh, we got to get AD to start playing the five more. He has to play the five more, all that stuff. We'll see what happens. I mean, I, I think up to this point, we've seen two years of Anthony Davis rocking the purple and the gold, uh, purple and gold. And one thing that I think has been, you know, clear um, through an 82 game grind of the season, you're probably not going to get AD play many, uh, many games as his main position at the five, but come playoff time, push comes to shove. They need him to play the five. He's got to do it. And obviously he will do that. Uh, okay. One more quick call here before I play this Richard Jefferson sound. Uh, let's go to Daniel in LA. Daniel. Okay. You know what? Daniel is, uh, he's gone. All right. Daniel's gone. Um, okay. So Richard Jefferson, who was on the road tripping podcast, take a listen to this, but because he's talking about, the toughest team he ever played, and he's comparing some different teams here. Remember, he had a long career in the league. Take a listen to uh, Richard Jefferson on the Road Tripping Podcast. The second best team I ever played against, truly played against or faced, was the 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 17 Warriors, right? Mm-hmm. Steph, Clay, KD, Draymond. Uh, that that team, there was no there was no formula for that. I don't care what like you, you almost needed like a USA basketball team to <laughs> be is. assembled to beat them. That's not a that's not an exaggeration. You were there. But but the best team, the best team was the 01 Lakers. Like the the stuff cuz I'm sorry, this is what's different and why Shaq I know Steph gets all the credit for changing the game, but why Shaq was different. Shaq forced you 
to carry three extra big men or two extra big men <laughs> on yes. your roster. So like that eliminated the opportunity to play small, which I guarantee like, well, three is worth more than two. Yes, but you were going to have to keep a big man and multiple big men on the floor because Shaquille O'Neal, as much as I love Draymond, Draymond was not doing anything against prime Shaq. No. All right, that's uh, Richard Jefferson right there. So he says the toughest team he's ever played against was that 2002 Lakers championship team that ended up beating the Brooklyn Nets. Uh, or at that time, you know, obviously the New Jersey Nets uh, swept them in the NBA Finals. So this is a question I'm going to throw out there. Hit me on Twitter on this one. I, I won't take calls on it only because we're kind of stuck for time here. I got Trevor Lane coming up for Lakers Nation. Um you know what I don't like doing, Funches? I don't like saying, well, this is the best team ever, and I throw out a team, and now all of a sudden I'm ignoring other eras. And, you know, how do you determine whether the Lakers 2002 team was better than the 96 Bulls or 98 Bulls? How do you determine whether the Lakers Showtime uh, team was better than the Shaq and Kobe? It's... Uh, we could do our best to try and figure it out, but there's no way of figuring it out. So I'm not crazy about that. But I will say this. That was my favorite. The, the Richard the Richard Jefferson team that he just mentioned for the Lakers, I've already told you and I've told Lake fans, my favorite era of Lakers basketball, for me, my age, my generation, it's the Kobe and Shaq years. Those, that's my favorite um, that's my favorite era. And that's probably my favorite even Kobe era because I just loved young Kobe. So I say that. And, you know, I throw this out there. If you want to tell me your favorite Lakers team, that, that favorite Lakers championship team you had, and some of the guys that were on that roster, you hit me on Twitter, at Alan Sliwa. Funches, I, I know for you, um, you're, there, you probably got a lot of teams because you're a, you're a basketball, you're, you're a basketball junkie. Yeah. When you look back and you, like, I, the thing I loved about the Lakers, it was first beating the Portland Trailblazers and getting, you knew that that first championship was coming. But I don't know what it was about that Shaq Kobe era for me. Man, they went 15 the and 1 Fox, in the playoffs. Remember look, that? Look, look, the Rick Fox, the Robert Ori, the Derek Fishers. And then kind of start going down the list. It's the Brian Shaws of the world. Um, do you remember uh, who else was on that team? Mark Matson, obviously. I think Mitch Richmond was on that roster. Yeah, one, one year. Slava was on, you know, but that Dago. that O one team man went fifteen and one in the playoffs. Yep. And yep. that yep. one single loss was Allen Iverson. That's the Philly game. The Philly game, and then he stepped over Ty Lue. I like what Richard Jefferson said too. He's like, you know, yes, I get it. Threes are worth more than two. You know how? I, do you ever? Do you ever sometimes just like something? Somebody put some. There's a good account on Twitter, Timeless Sports, and they'll just randomly put up something in it. There are times that I, I see something just like somebody will put up Shaq highlights from back in the day. Yeah, you know how ridiculous Shaq was back in the day. Just how dominating he was. And when Richard Jefferson makes points, it's actually almost laughable when he mentions Draymond Green and like Shaq, like to even have that conversation, Draymond playing the five. It's laughable what Shaq would have done to that 2017 team. Now, they also, their strengths were their backcourt in KD, so it's, you know, it's completely, it's different for what the strengths were for the Lakers. But uh, I, I was, I kind of go back, and I'm like, I think my favorite Lakers team, I'm like, yeah, that's my era. What, 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 when, when I throw that question to you, are you thinking more of your favorite team to watch? Are you, do you fall more with the Jordan Bulls? I think I Your do because I have a special. I mean, I have a special heart for Michael Jordan. That's, I mm-hmm. guess that's, I have to say the '96 Bulls are my favorite team of all time. Yeah, I still, uh, I, I still kind of, 
I always kind of look at these teams, and I'm not a fan of trying to compare team by team. I'm not a fan of saying, okay, well, this team in the 70s would it be this team. How the hell do I know? Like, I'll, I'll tell you what, though. That 01 Lakers would give the 96 Bulls the business, though, because I don't think anyone could stop Shaq. No one could stop Shaq. That, literally you know, not, right, Richard Jefferson was right. The, you know, the Lakers forced other teams to carry three centers on their roster because of Shaq. Um, well, I, I, I throw that out there because anytime, especially Richard Jefferson, because he played against the Lakers early on in his career and then obviously uh, played against the Golden State Warriors. And even the Warriors, him saying, like, there was no – it didn't matter what you threw at them. There was there was no solution to that team, at least. They didn't have enough, fire, enough firepower. Of course, that's what KD did. Okay, we come back. Trevor Lane of Lakers Nation. We're going to talk this Rajon Rondo deal that – Probably happens tomorrow, something along those lines. Um, what that's going to mean for the Lake Show. I want to get his thoughts, too, on, you know, we talked a little bit about what home court might be for the Lakers. Would DeAndre Jordan be a good fit? So let's circle back on a couple of those topics. I appreciate you guys being a part of the show. Lakers Talk on 710 ESPN. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to jetspizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. If you uh, missed any part of the show, you can always catch Lakers Talk on the ESPN app or on iTunes. Just search Lakers Talk with Alan Sliwa. Get the podcast full two hours, obviously every week. And uh, still a little bit over a month before preseason starts. I want to welcome in Trevor Lane, senior writer for Lakers Nation. Uh, Trevor, it's been a while, my man. I I feel like you and I, it's too long. Would we wait this? Is it because of the offseason? What happened to us? We used to be more connected. I know, Alan, I was literally, when you you messaged (laughs) me earlier today and asked me about coming on here, I had seriously just been thinking about, like, okay, I got to get Alan to come on. We got to do a little season preview. We got to talk about a little Lakers, and then the message came in, and I thought, "That's it, Alan and I were still connected." It's been a, it's been a few weeks, but we still got that connection, man. Ah, uh, that's great, Trev. Well, look, it, it's uh, it's always great to kind of break things down, and I think the last time we talked, you know, obviously, so much. I, I want to say last time actually we talked was right after the Westbrook trade, and mm-hmm. the latest is on Rajon Rondo, and you know, obviously his addition back with the Lakers. Give me your just gut gut initial reaction, Rondo back with the Lake Show. What what kind of pops into your mind? I thought it was the best case scenario. You know, out of all the names that we were hearing, um, we heard Isaiah Thomas and Darren Collison and Tim Frazier, Mike James, all that. I thought out of all those guys, if, if you could pick one guy, Rajon Rondo was the guy to pick. Right? I mean, he's he's the guy that can organize an offense to a degree higher than any of the other guys that are out there. And I think that's what they're looking for. They're looking for somebody that can handle the basketball 
that can keep the offense humming for the second unit, somebody who can get the ball into the hands of all these shooters that they signed during the offseason that can get them the ball in the right spot so they can shoot. Uh, and then you, you talk about off, off the court. Look, they won an NBA championship with Rajon Rondo, so you've got that continuity with him, and he's such a brilliant tactical mind. You know he's going to help you out in the locker room, in the film room, and so I think this was the best-case scenario for the Lakers if they were looking to sign a veteran point guard to come in and kind of provide some extra help with, uh, with handling the basketball. Yeah, I, I think you know, I, I think you put it best. It's the best-case scenario of what was left. We, I was talking earlier about this, about Isaiah Thomas and how much I love that story, and I hope uh, he could find his way on an NBA roster and, and kind of still continue to prove that he can go get buckets and maybe work himself into a, you know, a good contract in the league. But if I have to make a comparison between Rondo, you know, just where the Lakers are today, right? And where they are, I certainly think that, you know, obviously Rondo can still be a big help. What His role with the Lakers, this wasn't that long ago. I mean, the Lakers won a championship. It was in October of last year. I don't know why it feels like it was so much longer, but it, it, it's not that long ago. Do you think Rondo's role, because Westbrook is there, because – you know, they signed another playmaking guard in Kendrick Nunn. You think his role is different on the court? What I'm referring to there is that they're just relying on him less. And then come playoff time, you know, obviously he, he could probably log some more minutes. His impact is still going to be there off the court. His impact is still going to be there in film sessions and everything else. But do you think his impact on the court a little bit less? And maybe that changes in the regular se- in the postseason. Yeah, Alan, you know, I was just talking about that. I was just live for uh, for Lakers Nation over on our YouTube channel, and I was just talking about, like, how crazy it is. It feels like it was, like, three years ago that Doesn't the Lakers it? won the championship, and it wasn't even a year ago. It was, like, ten months ago, and they and they were hoisting that trophy. But um, I do think it's going to be a little bit different this time around. I think that with the depth on this Lakers roster, and you mentioned some of the names that they've brought in, right? I mean, Kendrick Nunn can handle the basketball for you. Westbrook, I think the Lakers can – uh, employ a strategy where either Westbrook or LeBron is on the court at all times. And we can talk about maybe load management games and things like that. Maybe that's where Rondo can step in. But I think he's not going to be asked to do as much of the heavy lifting this time around during the regular season, which is fine. Because if we remember, regular season Rondo was not that great. There were a lot of people that were complaining about him, saying whether or not he should be getting minutes. It was the playoffs where he really stepped up. I mean, that's why he got the nickname, right? Playoff Rondo. So I think the Lakers will be able to manage his minutes a little bit during the regular season, lean on him when need be. But I don't know if it's going to be a night-in, night-out kind of role for him this coming season just because of the depth the Lakers have out there on the squad. I think he's going to be more of a break glass in case of emergency type player. And then, you know, if playoff Rondo rides again comes come playoff time, then that's going to be, that's going to be a nice lift for them. Uh, Trevor Lane taking some time from Lakers Nation joining Lakers Talk. Trevor is... Uh, are are you kind of looking at any of these roster spots left? Do you, do you think there's still somebody significant that the Lakers can bring? Somebody that can, you know, bring. Um, uh, I guess you could say have a impactful role this upcoming season. Or do you think what the Lakers have is not only good enough, but that's probably most realistic to kind of roll. They already got depth. They already got you know players in multiple positions. I know we heard the name DeAndre Jordan. He might get might get bought out from the Brooklyn Nets. Anything else that you want to see on this roster? Yeah, I mean, you know, the DeAndre Jordan thing is interesting as far as what it might mean for Marcus Saul. Uh, we've heard the rumors that maybe he could be on the way out. We'll see what winds up happening there. I kind of like 
keeping Gasol around, though, because he's got that three-point shooting ability. But when I look at this Lakers roster, I see the need for another wing player. I think you could use another guy who just physically he kind of fits that profile, 6'7 to 6'9, can defend some of the higher-scoring wings out there. You're not going to find a lockdown guy at this point or anything like that, but just somebody who can confidently shoot the three and at least physically is capable of defending some of these bigger wing players. There were too many times in recent seasons where we had, you know, Contavious Caldwell-Pope getting stuck on, say, Kawhi Leonard, and he's at a major size disadvantage. So I'd like to see the Lakers bring in another wing player. And the guy that's out there that, that I think would make a lot of sense for them is uh, James Ennis. And I don't know if you've seen, but on social media, he's been going around liking all the posts that have been saying that he should join the Lakers. So I think he's probably on board if the Lakers decide to go that way. Um, Trevor, I, I got a chance to see um, Caesar Sportsbook puts out, and you know, obviously they do this, and they'll do it as the season you know rolls through. Um, they put made their predictions of over under of team wins this upcoming season. Brooklyn leading the way. I want to say their fifty four point five is. Uh, their win total, their prediction, Milwaukee after that, 53.5. Then you got the Lakers, the Sixers, and the Jazz all tied at 51.5. I, I, I'm i not really you know, looking for a prediction of how many wins or any of that kind of stuff. I guess my curiosity with you is the Lakers are in a position where the regular season is one thing, the postseason is completely different. And we said this so much last year. It got so annoying saying, well, you just got to be healthy for the playoffs. It doesn't matter where you are in the seeding. And it played out to where, you know, obviously the Lakers weren't healthy in the playoffs and their seeding, they ended up number seven. So it's not like, you know, either of those worked out in the Lakers' favor. Do you think the Lakers this upcoming year, how how important do you think these regular season games are for the Lake Show? And I'm referring to there is how much of the record do you think will come into play? How much do you think seeding comes into play? Do you think it's a important, important piece of the pie, or do you think we're kind of standing here like we were a year ago or six months ago or three months ago and we were saying as long as the Lakers are healthy, it doesn't matter where they're seated? Yeah, I think I think it's the latter. I think it's as long as they're healthy. You know, with, with this team, they've got so many veteran players. Um, they fortunately have a deep, decent amount of depth so they can kind of lean on each other. You know, some guys might take some games off here and there. I think the regular season, it's all about just developing that chemistry and getting themselves ready for playoff time. These guys, they've got so much experience on this team. They've got so many guys who have been through it before and know what it takes to get through a regular season and then be at your best come playoff time. That's what this is all about, and it's the same thing as we said last season. This team, they're not going to be judged on their regular season record. If they win the championship, no one's going to care whether they were the five seed, the seven seed, the one seed. It doesn't matter. This team will be judged based on what they do in the postseason. And so I think we are going to be saying the same thing. they got to be healthy come playoff time. Now, it would be nice if they could stay healthy enough to actually develop some chemistry during the regular season. We didn't get to see that last season. Um, so I think there is going to be a push to, to try to get them on the floor together as much as possible. But I don't think they're going to be too worried about their regular season record in terms of getting the one seed or two seed or three seed or whatever they wind up doing. I think it's going to be all about the playoffs. Trev, I was looking at the uh, Lakers schedule that came out. Um, by the way, uh, if you want literally daily Lakers coverage, Trevor Lane does such does such an amazing job on uh, on Lakers Nation. Um, make sure to, you know, obviously, and I don't think I have to tell too many Laker fans this, but to follow Trevor Lane and follow his content because it is as up-to-minute as it gets. But Lakers schedule comes out, 
I don't know about you, but I'm looking at this November 15th date at home. Lakers are playing the Chicago Bulls. Are you ready to see Alex Caruso wearing a red Chicago Bulls jersey? I'm, I'm having trouble kind of picturing this and envisioning this. Are you having trouble with this like I am? Oh, I am not ready at all, Alan. Yeah. The, the Bulls yeah. put out a jersey swap with Caruso in a Bulls jersey, and it not was like it, 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 I okay was scrolling through my my timeline, and it was like mm-hmm. gut punch. Oh, that, I, yeah, I think, that, that's going to be. I, I think we need to send a cease and desist. Him. We need to send a cease and desist to the Chicago Bulls, <laughs> yes. and they have to wait. There has to be a certain date that they're able to do that, and I don't think I don't think we've met that date yet. <laughs> no, we need time to <laughs> grieve. We are not. We're not there yet. We're not ready. But uh, but no, all the all the, the congratulations in the world for Alex Caruso to work his way up and get to where he's at now and get that big new contract and everything. But uh, yeah, that that's gonna be that's gonna be a bittersweet game for sure. That's the only that's the only thing I took out of the schedule. I didn't pay attention to anything else. I don't even know when the season starts. I don't know who they're playing. I just know that that's the date Alex Caruso returns to uh, to LA here. Uh, Trev, fi- final one I got for you. I, I just kind of overall want to get your thoughts on this. Um, what do you think of how things played out with Jared Dudley? And you mentioned Dudley in the beginning when we started talking about um, Rondo and that, you know, Dudley obviously a key piece in the locker room. Okay, now you bring in Rondo in, Jared Dudley goes. I don't know if you got a chance to read that piece that he had, the interview he had with Bill, uh, Bill Plaschke, and I'm going to talk a little bit about that mm-hmm. uh, in the next segment. But what, what did you think of the Lakers deciding, okay, not only Jared Dudley not on the roster, but also – not on the bench, part of the coaching staff, so forth. Were you surprised by that, or did you, did you think he was coming back? Yeah, I thought he was coming back, and I thought it was because, you know, if you're the Lakers, it felt like the, the chemistry, the magic that they had in that 2020 season, it just it just didn't quite exist in this, this, uh, this last season. And I think that Dudley's a big part of that. I think that having him helps you build that chemistry. It helps you build that camaraderie in your locker room. Um, but at the same time, I can understand why they, they said, look, you know, we've got a lot of veterans here. We're probably going to have to go deeper, deeper into our bench because guys are going to be taking more games off and, and things of that nature. So I understand why the Lakers wanted to fill out their roster with guys that they were going to put into game situations. Dudley, they were not, I think he played like 80 minutes or something all of last season. So he wasn't going to get a lot of minutes out on the floor, but I was surprised that they didn't come back to Jared Dudley, didn't bring him back in simply because of how important chemistry is in this league and how uh, critical a guy like Dudley is in the locker room. So we'll see how that changes things. Uh, but, uh, you know, again, this, is, this was a direction that he was heading at some point. Sooner rather than later, he was going to move into the coaching ranks, and now he's got a good, good opportunity with uh, the Mavs and Jason Kidd. Wish him all the best, but uh, but yeah, I would have liked to have seen him back with the Lakers this season. Trev, uh, as always, fantastic insight. I appreciate you uh, taking the time to join the show. Uh, we can't do this, by the way, uh, where we go months without having a conversation. We, we, you and I are not allowed to do that. This is in my contract here at the station that I have Trevor Lane on as often as possible. So thank you for coming on at Trevor underscore Lane on Twitter. Uh, always putting up great Lakers content. Uh, obviously, follow him on Twitter. Follow him on all his platforms. Thanks for the time, bud. Hey, thanks, Alan. Let's do this again soon. All right, that's Trevor Lane right there. Um, okay, I, I want to – and the reason why I kind of asked uh, Trevor on that the final question about the Jared Dudley thing, I, I want to spend a little time on this because Bill Plaschke wrote a great piece on the LA Times like he always does, got a chance to do a phone interview with Jared Dudley, and I thought there were some very interesting quotes that came out of it. So I want to talk a little bit about that. 
Um, also, uh, Sports Illustrated, SI, the grade they gave the Lakers this offseason. Funches, what has happened in this world? I thought the only place where things get crazy are on a long flight when you're traveling 13-plus hours. That's not the only place. With four kittens, right? There's other... <laughs> There's other places as well where it gets crazy. I'll I'll, I'll kind of go into this grade that Sports Illustrated gave. I, I think I have the I think I have the blueprint of why uh, certain you know networks ESPN does it as well. This gets clicks, and then I end up talking about it on the radio. That's coming up next day right here. Lakers talk on 710 ESPN. All right, if you uh, missed any part of the show, full two hours ESPN app or on iTunes, just search Lakers talk with Alan Sliwa. Thank you to Brian Windhorst. Thank you to Trevor Lane. Um, also. If uh, you want, obviously, more content starting tomorrow morning, we'll get uh, our show started, Travis and I, at 8.55. As always, we'll go to 11 a.m. So, quick turnaround, get uh, get things going again. Uh, Dodgers, what's that score now? Do we know that Dodgers score? Keep everybody posted. 5 nothing. 5 nothing on the uh, Atlanta Braves right now. So, they're rolling, bottom of the fifth, two outs. Okay, um, Jared Dudley did a phone interview with Bill Plaschke. Bill Plasky of the LA Times. And, you know, originally I was uh, I was gone, so all this was kind of going down. I'm kind of checking sporadically ESPN. So I just see that Jared Dudley joins the Dallas Mavericks. Initially, I didn't know that he joined his coaching staff, and I obviously read a little bit more into it. I'm like, okay. Um, Bill Plasky, there's a couple quotes that came out of this. One of the quotes was Jared Dudley saying, obviously LeBron and AD wanted me back. But we just couldn't convince them. Obviously, who he's talking about is the Lakers front office. Uh, he goes on to say, no one owed me anything. Rob and Kurt were honest and upfront. Nothing but respect and gratitude to them and Jeannie Buss. I'll be forever thankful for the opportunity they gave me. But I did want to come back. I did think I could help the team, especially having so many new players. But I understand they wanted to get younger. Okay? So, Plaschke puts in the article, you know, really, really defending the value that a guy like Jared Dudley has. And I, I don't question that. I mean, I, I I know based upon what a lot of these players say, um, the conversations that they have, the questions that they're asked during post-game interviews, pre-game interviews, listening to Coach Frank Vogel talk about Jared Dudley during the season, there's obviously value to a player like that. That's how you build a championship roster. It's not just the guys that are, you know, producing and having stats on the floor. It's what these other guys do too. And Jared Dudley proved to be a value for the Lakers. Um, but let me also say this. Lakers got a lot of those type of guys. They do. I mean, coming into this season, and, and I think it was just a matter of time until Jared Dudley ended up on a bench as a coach, and he's going to be one of the top three assistants for the Dallas Mavericks. So this isn't a small, you know, and Jason Kidd, obviously the head coach, it's not a small gig. That's a big gig for somebody like Jared Dudley to come off the basketball floor. And then he's, you know, one of these main assistants for uh, for the Mavs. Um, do I think that the Lakers will miss that presence in the locker room? I do, but I want to go back to something here. I don't think the Lakers are lacking in that department. I mean, we were just talking and having the conversation. This was the story around the NBA today as things kind of, you know, there's less and less stories this deep after the offseason, after the uh, uh, free agency. One of the stories was Rajon Rondo coming back to the Lakers. That's a significant move for the Lake Show 
It will be a significant move in the playoffs, and it will be a significant move off the basketball floor. You got how many guys you want me to list that are veterans that are on this team that I think can provide what we're talking about here. Carmelo is one of those players. Wayne Ellington is one of those players. Trevor Ariza is one of those players. Russell Westbrook's one of those players. Dwight Howard is one of those guys. Oh, by the way, LeBron James is one of those players. So I thought the piece was really interesting because it was Bill Plaschke really, really emphasizing that the Lakers um, are losing a, a big piece of their you know, championship pedigree. But I, I would I would posit that and say it's one thing if the Lakers don't have that. They have that. They have a lot of guys that I think that will, you know, obviously be leaders, veterans, guys that are sacrificing for one another. Now listen, this is all on paper. We're gonna have to wait and see. The season's gonna start and we're gonna see how things play out. But I'm assuming that's what they have. And even a guy like Russell Westbrook, who's never won an NBA championship, I think he understands the opportunity in front of him. And then some of those other guys that I listed are obviously all vets that have been in this league. But um I I'm not as one to think that, you know, not having Jared Dudley back that it's it's significant in a sense where it's like, okay, well, now this is going to be a significant issue coming into the season. Um, but we'll have to wait and see. So we'll see how kind of things play out there. But obviously, Jared Dudley, that's another piece of news since I did my last Lakers talk show that's come out. Um, okay, Funch, we got, uh, we got Sports Illustrated that we're giving some grades out. Um, let, let me say this. They're, they're giving grades out for the offseason – Clippers and the Warriors got an A minus. Am I correct on this? Yes, sir. Okay, Clippers and the Warriors get A minuses. Um, wh- why don't you uh, share with Laker fans what SI gave uh, the Los Angeles Lakers this offseason? Sports Illustrated gave the Lakers a big C minus for their offseason moves. Okay. So let me kind of understand this properly here. Um, and I think a lot of their reasons are it has less to do with the Westbrook part. It has more to do with the Lakers traded a lot of uh, of their pieces, some of their um, – Letting know, Caruso go to – Role players. And then it's also that they picked up a lot of guys that were older. And I think that's what kind of determined – And the also Lakers in their trade. words, they, they think a lot of the guys we pick, they picked up was one-dimensional. Okay, one-dimensional. So, uh, listen, I already said this and I'll say it again – really this conversation doesn't mean anything. Everybody's going to give their opinion. I, I do think that, you know, Lakers come up a lot of the times because it, it can make us, it can make a story and it's obviously making a story here. You and I are talking about it. Um, so I, I'm not going to pay too much attention to it, but what I will say is I've said this before for part of the reasons of people who don't think the Lakers made good off season moves um, and and one of those reasons it circles back to the age of the role players that the Lakers have that they think that a lot of these guys are too old. I'll go back to something I've said from the beginning, and I have a feeling I'll be repeating this a lot during the season as well. Um, it is one thing, as I almost sneeze there, it is one thing that the Lakers run into players that um, – if they got to play significant minutes, if they're playing 30, 35 minutes a game, I get it. I understand it. But I, I hate when, you know, what's um, kind of distinct about the Lakers where they, they talk about, oh, well, the, the team is too old. How often are you going to use these players? And all these players that we talk about, including Rondo, who the Lakers will probably make official here shortly, um, 
all of this is insignificant because you're not asking these guys to play 30 minutes a game. So that's that's the big difference that I always go back to. So whether it's SI or it's ESPN or whatever these power rankings are, they got another all-star on this team. That's the most important thing. And then after the all-star, everything that they added, a lot of these guys are just going to be complimentary, uh, compliment, uh, be pieces that will not be the foundation of the team. Okay, our next Lakers talk show is actually, it's not going to be next Monday because we got Labor Day. I think it's Wednesday. So Wednesday, uh, a week from Wednesday, will be our next Lakers talk show. Appreciate everybody being a part of the show. Like I mentioned, download it on the ESPN app or on iTunes. LA, back tomorrow morning starting at 9 a.m. Have a great rest of your night.